Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up and let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome guys to today's podcast. I have a very special expert guest on for you today, my business partner and co-founder of our incredible group program, Love Living Lean. So Angelique Clark is on our podcast today for you guys, sharing all of her expert tips. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Thanks for having me back again. So Angie is a brilliant sports dietitian and you guys will know in the beginnings of the podcast, we recorded two episodes, I think, Angie, together. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So if you haven't listened to them, you can head back. They were maybe episodes around six or seven, can't remember off the top of my head, but you guys are more than welcome to go back and listen to those episodes Angie and I previously recorded. A lot around fat loss science and we answered a lot of questions around fitness and exercise and sports nutrition and that sort of thing. Little gold nuggets in there too, so definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and today we thought we would jump on and answer questions that we both get asked in our own practices time and time and time again, particularly from females. And those questions are, why can't I lose the weight? And if I do lose the weight, why can't I keep it off? Something we get asked all of the time, isn't it, Ange? Yeah, absolutely. And it's debilitating, to be quite honest, because we hear it so often and it really does affect the women that come into our clinics and who we see. Yeah. And it just wears you down. Like you just, you know, that motivation starts. You're like, this time, this time, I'm going to change my life. I promise this time it's going to be different. And then it never is. So Angie and I are here today to give you our top five expert reasons why you can't lose the weight to begin with or why you can't keep it off. So let's jump straight into it today, Ange. Our first little golden nugget, our first little expert tip that we see most people, women in particular, doing wrong is that they just try to change everything all at once. Absolutely. And you know what? They try to do that without having a solid foundation to start with in the first place. So then when they're trying to change everything, they end up going, oh my God, this is too hard. And then they get to the point where they're like, oh, I'm just going to give up. I've just failed. I can't keep it up. I'm not absolutely perfect. The amount of times that people go, oh, look, Angie, I'm not going to come into my review because I, I haven't actually done everything that I wanted to do. Yes. Like what? That's yes. the best time to come in because it means you haven't actually picked what we call the lowest hanging fruit. You've just tried to change everything everything. Yeah. And so what the lowest hanging fruit kind of means to you guys is that you pick the area that you see the biggest change that you could make in. So for a lot of people, it's like, what is the biggest thing that you might be doing wrong in terms of trying to achieve a healthy lifestyle? And what is one of the easiest swaps that you can make? It might be that you drink a lot of soft drink every single day. Can you halve that and replace it with some water? Or it might be that you have a desk job and you get zero steps every single day. Can you just start taking the, the stairs at work and park, you know, one car park over? What is is that big thing that's staring at you right in the face where you're like, this is kind of easy to change, but I do it every single day and it's really impacting or making me quite unhealthy. What is this one big thing that I can really go at rather than just trying to change everything at once? And that's exactly it. It's the habit that you are consistently doing day in, day out mm. that you think isn't actually impacting your results. It could be, the and it often is, the most simplest thing, just like you said, Leanne. It's that one little thing that's going to make a really big impact, but you need to make it a new habit. That's the key. Pick something that's super tiny and small to change and just focus on that until you nail it. Yeah. And then you focus on the next thing. And I've talked about this in also, guys, 
previous and early podcasts where you just pick one thing and you work at it for three, four, five, six, eight weeks time until that becomes your new habit. You wake up and you do that automatically. You don't even think about it. And then you pick something else and then you change that. And again, six, it might take you three to five years to achieve your goal, but at least in three to five years, you're at your goal. You're not 10 kilos heavier like the majority of the world. 100%. It's about that small forward progression every single time. And if I could offer just maybe possibly one thing that I know a lot of people aren't doing great and probably is going to be their lowest hanging fruit Mm -hmm. is to literally eat fruit and vegetables. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Vegetables in particular. Like I feel like so many people will just eat a meal and they'll put like one vegetable on their plate. But when we think about our meals, guys, you should be aiming for two massive cupped handfuls of salad or vegetables every single day. And to get in different types of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, that sort of thing, we have different types of vitamins and minerals in cooked versus raw food. So Angie and I sort of have a a belief that you should be eating one meal with raw sort of salad and veggies and the other meal with sort of cooked salad and veggies because no one is better than the other but when you cook some things or you eat them raw they have different types of available micronutrients so it's really important to get a mix of both of them so that's the one thing that you start with is just eating more fruits and veggies you're going to feel fuller and that will automatically reduce the portions of other types of foods that you eat purely from eating more fruits and veggies And it's what we add first rather than eliminate because most people just eliminate when they go on a weight loss campaign. This is the one thing that we actually add first. This is a first start to your foundation and really is one of the key things that we look at because it's definitely going to determine your success. Yeah. So the reason most people fail is because they try to change everything at once and they wake up on a Sunday or a Monday morning and they're super motivated and they're going hard and they get to about Wednesday or Thursday, life kicks in, you've got a screaming toddler on one angle, you've got your boss yelling in your ear, your hubby's driving you crazy and you fall off the wagon. And guess what? You're only human and it happens to every single one of us. So rather than trying to change everything and eat in inverted commas, perfectly clean all of the time, just try and aim for, you know, five, 10, 20% better every single day. Start with one or two things and focus on them and you're not going to nail them every single day, but just keep working on them and working on them and working on them until one day you wake up and it doesn't take that much effort anymore. You don't really have to think about it as much anymore. And that's become your new normal, your new habit. And then you pick another thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that's our top tip. Number one is you try to change everything at once. Now, our second tip is that you don't know how to build fat burning meals. So this is a pretty fancy term, isn't it, Ange? What do we what do we call our fat burning meals? Yeah, well, we're going to give away our secrets, right? Because this is really how we build the foundation of our Love Living Lean meals um, within yep. our program. So there is a scientific formula that we understand to be true when it comes to what we call body recomposition. So what we want to do is, yes, we understand that you want to lose weight, but you don't want that weight to be coming from losing muscle. Mm-hmm. Now, muscle keeps you burning more calories at rest. It makes you um, stronger and more functional so you can go about your day-to-day life with a lot more ease. Improves your metabolism so it makes fat burning easier in the long run. Absolutely. So what we do with our meals is that, um, as Leanne mentioned, there are two fist size serves or two to three cups worth of salad or vegetables on your plate. So that should constitute half your plate. The second thing that you want to be looking for of priority is to add protein foods on top of that. So with, with your 
plate balance. If you can think about a round plate, half of that being from salad or vegetables, lots of color, lots of fiber. And let me jump in here, Ange, and mention that don't forget that this is non-starchy salad or vegetables. So our starchy types of vegetables, potato, sweet potato, taro, corn, they're all what we would classify as carbohydrates. So they're in the same family as rice, pasta, bread, and same with potato, corn, and sweet potato, and any other sort of starchy type of vegetable like taro or something like that. So all your other veggies are pretty much free game. We consider them non-starchy and they go on the half of your plate. And so eat two to three large handfuls of those veggies every single day or salads. Yes, that's what you put on your plate first. And then the second thing you're going to put on your plate is that protein element. So if you look at the palm of your hand right now, take a good look at it, right? If you can see the actual palm, so not including your fingers, the inside rim of that palm and the same sort of thickness, that's exactly the size of protein type of foods that you want to be placing on that plate. So our top protein foods or fat burning protein foods um, are things such as fish. And this could be, um, you know, salmon or any sort of white fish or a tin of tuna even, doesn't need to be fancy. Um, two eggs, if you can think that you can fit about two eggs, or if you're a little bit bigger, your hand portion is going to be a little bit bigger. Mm. So that might mean three eggs, or if your eggs are quite small, um, then make sure it's three. And the other thing we look for is really lean types of animal proteins. So chicken, steak, pork. things, pork. Yeah. So anything like that, that you can't see any visible fat. So you've trimmed the visible fat off that. Um, so these are really good protein containing foods. If you are vegetarian, we look for legumes. Um, so chickpeas, kidney beans, tofu, soy, mm. You know, so those sorts of beautiful protein foods need to be the next element that you're placing on top of your plate. And that probably is going to be about a quarter, take up about a quarter of your plate. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to those carbohydrates that you mentioned. Yep. So Leanne did say that there are a couple, um, a few vegetables that fall into that carbohydrate category, and you can absolutely use those within carbohydrate amounts. So if now you take your same hand that you were just looking at and you make a bit of a cup with that hand. And whatever you can actually fit from a cooked carbohydrate perspective on that hand then becomes your other quarter of your plate. So some really great carbohydrates are the ones that we call whole grains. So things that are high in fiber. If you're going to have something like potato, make sure you keep the skin on that because that's where a lot of the nutrients are contained and also the fiber. Um, what else in terms of carbohydrates, Leanne? Brown rice. Yeah, brown rice, quinoa. Corn, like we talked about. Yeah, corn, corn. is actually a carbohydrate. Absolutely. And yeah. um, whole grain pasta. Like, yeah. don't be afraid of pasta. Yeah. A lot of women are so afraid to, to put pasta on their plate. Yeah. But we don't eat a whole bowl of pasta, guys. We eat a tiny fistful amount of pasta. So it's a quarter of your plate is pasta, a quarter of your plate is protein, and the rest of that is vegetables or salad. So when Angie and I eat something like a spaghetti bolognese, because the pasta and the mints or the, the beans might be combined, that only takes up half our plate, then the other half the plate is full of salads and vegetables. And that's what a lot of people go wrong. They say, oh, but I put a lot of vegetables in my spaghetti bolognese. I'm sorry, you don't put three cups of vegetables in your spaghetti bolognese. Nobody does. Yep. So you put half of your plate of spag bog and the other half of all your veggies and salads. Yeah, wonderful. And then the last element to building that fat burning plate is fats, good fats. Yeah, healthy fats. Healthy fats, yeah. So we're talking things like extra virgin olive oil, mm -hmm. avocado, seeds, nuts. You know, even you can go as far as to put things like a little bit of feta cheese or um, some grated cheese on top mm -hmm. of that. So the portion that we're looking at with this is because it's so energy dense but still nutritious is about the size of your thumb. So mm -hmm. take a look at your thumb right now and that's the portion of 
of your fats, your good fats you want to be putting on that plate. So very small amount, guys, because fat gram for gram has so much energy or so many calories in it. We only need a really small amount. And there's been a lot of, I guess, just like fluff on social media lately being like healthy fat is good for you. So load up on all the healthy fats. I can eat as many nuts and avocado and oil, extra virgin olive oil as I want because it's so good for me. And then people can't understand why they're not losing weight. Fat is a very, very energy dense macronutrient. It has more than double the amount of energy that protein and carbs have gram for gram. So you only need a tiny amount of fat in your meals, guys. And a lot of people are getting fat from even the things that they snack on during the day as well, which is why we don't recommend adding an entire avocado to your meal if you're going to have your carbs, your protein, and some um, extra veggies with your meal as well. You only need a really small amount. So just to break that down again, when you're looking at your dinner plate, half of it should be non-starchy veggies or salad, and you always plate your veggies or salad first because what happens and what most people do is they plate their carbs first, and the carbs will always go over the quarter of a plate. And then they might add some protein and that tends to go over the quarter of a plate as well. And then instead of having half a plate of salad or veggies, they're left with maybe like a tiny little slither to add a bit of broccoli on it or something. So always start by plating your veggies first, then a quarter of a plate of protein and a quarter of a plate of some um, whole grain carbohydrates as well. Bearing in mind that a slice of toast could be your serve of carbohydrate for the day or fruit. Angie and I are big on having, like we love a good tofu salad, but obviously we've only got protein and we've only got salad on our plate. And so Angie might have a cup of fruit salad as a dessert and that's her carbohydrate serve. Me, or we're both chocolate lovers and chocolate has some carbs and a bit of fat in it. So we might have a yummy tofu salad or a tuna salad for dinner. And then we might pick up some of our carbs in a few squares of chocolate after dinner. So you can balance your meals out that way as well, guys. Nothing is off limit when it comes to losing weight. And the more that you restrict things, the more that you're going to crash and burn later. And you're going to just eat it and lose control of it later because the more you restrict things, the more that you want it. And I think that's really the key in how we've built our, our Love Living Lean meals because mm. we are innovative with how we've used those macros. Mm. Um, we think we thought a little bit outside the box. We know what you ladies love to eat. And, and we, we love to eat. And we, <laughs> we love to eat. It's really yeah, quite selfish of us to do this because we have enjoyed creating every single one of those meals. Oh, we've got fabulous. lasagnas. We've got pizzas. We've got burgers. Fish and chips. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a Nando's wrap. That was fun creating. That was oh, delicious. so good. So good. And all within, like we said the fat burning meal um, principles. So yep. that's, you know, the yep. key to what we're trying to achieve is that you can actually really enjoy what you're eating and still be chasing those weight loss goals at the same time. And achieving them and doing it sustainably as well, guys. You don't have to cut out all carbohydrates. You don't just have to eat salad for every single meal. We've got burgers, we've got wraps, we've got pastas, that creamy pasta, that was that recipe is delicious. Mm, yes. So we've got all different types of meals and any meal can fit on your fat burning plate. And I had a question the other day about somebody, everybody knows I love pizza. Um, David and I used to have a Sunday pizza night. We'd make homemade pizzas every night. But what you do is you, you know, your carbs and your, your carbs is the basis the pizza, your protein's going to go on top of the pizza. Yes, you're going to put some veggies on there, but again, you're not going to get two to three cups of veggies onto that pizza. So we'd have maybe about three slices of pizza, which covers about half the plate because that's our carbs and our protein together. And then we'd have a massive side salad on the other half of the plate. So there's no food is off limits here, guys. You can eat any food that you want, but traditionally you'd eat half the amount of pizza you normally do and fill up on a massive side salad or a heap of like um, veggies or something like that. And you're going to feel just as full, but you're not going to be consuming all the additional calories. Whereas if you would have six to eight slices or an entire pizza, which would probably take a lot of people 
further away from their goals. 100%. And I have to say, just as a side note, I've got a couple of boys, so four and six and my two boys, and they absolutely love building their own pizza. It actually has encouraged them to eat more vegetables. Mm -hmm. And that's another key factor of our fat burning meals is that they are completely family friendly. And so your family doesn't have to eat something dissimilar to what you are doing and preparing. And it's actually improving the quality of your nutrition across the household, which is so fabulous. Yes. All of our LLR meals are husband, toddler, and grandma approved. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our third tip, so that was tip number two, is that you don't understand how to build fat burning meals. So hopefully after our little spiel, you guys are a little bit more on top of that. Tip number three, we see a lot of people doing wrong is that they don't eat when they're physically hungry. So I'm talking about boredom eating. I'm talking about social eating, your environment. You know, you just had your afternoon tea and bloody Kathy in the office whips out a box of chocolates. And then what are you going to do? That chocolate's just sitting there staring at you. Of course you're going to eat it. So let's talk about this, Angie. It's something that all of our ladies, our clients and our clients within LLL really do struggle with. And it's something that we have a huge emphasis on in our Love Living Lean program is actually identifying your true physical, physical hunger levels and when you are bored, stressed, tired, emotional, sad, lonely, and then what you can do instead of actually eating because we're not truly physically hungry. Yeah. And the first thing that we get the girls to do is identify and just wait until they feel the sensation of hunger. Because have a think about it for you, for you guys listening today, when's the last time you were actually physically hungry? Now, this is a beautiful way for your body to signify that it needs a bit of a top up. Um, And so if you're eating really well, generally through the day, you're probably getting into a lull about two to three hours after that main meal, um, which is when you need a bit of a top up which is when we like to consume our food. So um, first and foremost, you need to create a really good frequency in terms of how you are actually eating because for a lot of people, they end up overeating or overconsuming because number one, they're maybe too hungry Mm. and they've waited too Too long long. or they're just continually snacking all the time and they don't really have an understanding or haven't quantified exactly how much they've eaten, but they're eating because, you know, oh, well, it's lunchtime and I only get my lunch break at this time, you know, logistics. Or everybody else is eating, so I should eat too. Yeah, that's right. So social people pressure, you know, go with the herd sort of thing. So if, um, if people around you, you know, you really need to think about who um, is around you as well. I think they are big influences on the decisions that you make Definitely. about food. Do you see that a lot? hundred percent. And it's normally the most assertive person in that group or that social environment mm-hmm. that everybody else will tend to follow. So if you go out, and I think we've talked about this on, on previous podcasts as well. If you go out to group with a dinner, you know, you go out to dinner with a group of friends and then the first girl says, I'm going to order pizza. And everyone else goes, yeah, I'm going to order pizza too. That sounds wonderful. But if one girl says, I'm actually trying to be really healthy, I'm going to order the grilled fish and the steamed veggies. And everyone else goes, yeah, no, I'm going to try and be really healthy too. So it's that social influence, but it's the person that makes that first assertive decision that is generally what everybody else will sort of follow through with. And so be that person, guys. If you want to change in your life, be that person to make that assertive decision. Say what you're going to do, say what you want and follow through with it and watch the other people that follow you. Because Angie and I experience it all the time, just in our, so even just in our friendship circles as well, we'll make a healthier decision and every, without even telling other people, they'll naturally just follow us to make a healthier choice as well. Yeah, we. that's one big thing that we're, we're huge on is um, teaching assertiveness and building leaders. And that's something that kind of happened by mistake, actually. We didn't really envisage it happening, but uh, a lot of our Love Living Lean ladies ended up saying, you know, I'm so proud of myself that I did this. And now people are asking me, 
me and and wanting to follow what I do. And and I said, well, that's that's a true leader. That's you know you lead, you don't follow. Um, so when you know better, you actually do better. And and with all the principles that we're teaching throughout the program, you learn to identify very quickly whether you're physically hungry, and if not, then you choose not to eat. Mm. And if there is some other sensation that's happening there, we learn to um, be comfortable with just sitting with it for a while and addressing it. And even journaling that was really um, you know powerful for our ladies to sit there and do that. Deep breathing, meditation, a bit of yoga, calling a friend, having a bit of a dance off, anything that just gets you out of whatever sensation or emotion that you're feeling. You got to flip that switch somehow. If you're feeling sad, it's Friday night, you're single, you're home alone, you just feel like a tub of ice cream. You're not going to, you're always going to eat that ice cream if you don't get yourself out of that that feeling that you're experiencing. So go and call a friend. Um, if you've got a dog, go do a lap around your house and go, you know, take your dog for a little bit of a walk, go and put some music on and do a bit of a dance in your underwear. Like that makes me feel good if I'm just shaking my butt around the house and dancing to my favorite song. <laughs> so just do anything that gives your body more energy and changes your emotions. So do something that makes you smile, that makes you happy. And it's going to be different for every single person. You know, I've had people that will just go and knit or do a puzzle or do a crossword in a magazine for them they get so much joy out of that but for me that doesn't kind of really do it for me and so I've also always talked to you ladies about this like having a warm hot shower when I'm feeling emotional to me is just so comforting it makes me feel so safe it just it feels like I'm nourishing my body in other ways that that don't involve food so that's one of my easy strategies and as Ange mentions you can journal you can meditate you can do deep breathing anything that just to get on top of that emotion And then if you do recognize that you are physically hungry, go and have a meal. There's no need to starve yourself. But I think a lot of people have just lost that sensation of what is true hunger over time. I get a lot of people saying to me, I just never feel hungry. And I think that we're almost so afraid of feeling hungry throughout the day that we just constantly snack and graze constantly throughout the day. We don't eat proper meals, but the things that we're snacking and grazing on are really quite energy dense. Therefore, we never actually lose weight in the end, even though we feel like we're not eating a lot of food, you know, so many ladies say to me, I don't eat that much. Um, you're still gaining weight. You, you know, you are eating more than your body physically requires, even though you think you're not physically eating a lot. And it comes back to sort of that volume density of your meals. If you're not fat burning meals, yeah. you're, you know, you're not filling yourself up with the proper nutrients that are required to keep you feeling full between your meals. You're scared of feeling constantly hungry because you've been in that dieting mindset for so long that you constantly just graze throughout the day. Yeah. And I'm just going to offer a point of difference. When the, the Love Living Lean ladies first start on the program, mm. they say to us, us, we physically cannot get through the yeah, meals. I'm so full. I'm so full. Yeah. And then by the end of two weeks, three <laughs> weeks, they're going, oh my goodness, I actually, where I was, you know, probably having a little bit more, too, too much chocolate at <laughs> night time. I've actually stopped doing that. I don't even feel like it. I'm so full. I don't even feel like it. And this is because you have set your foundations right. So when you eat well, you are able to recognize when you are physically hungry or not. Um, And it's because you've cut out a lot of those, what we call processed foods that are really minimal in terms of protein and fiber. And the more processed foods you eat, guys, like companies are very smart. They've spent millions of dollars figuring out the exact ingredients to add into that food to keep you coming back for more and more and more and more. Like what's the Pringles? 
dandelion. Once you pop, you can't stop. Oh, yes. Like they put in these ingredients such as MSG, um, which is like a flavor enhancer. So when you get to the bottom of the bag of chips, what do you do? Oh. You you put your finger at the bottom of the bag and you lick all the salt out of the bottom of the bag. I know you guys are laughing. You do it. I do it. And she does it. We all do it. It's what the companies pay millions of dollars to do, to make whatever ingredient it is, make it so, so incredibly palatable, palatable that you just cannot stop. And that is what processed food is. And when, once you cut that out and you start eating more whole foods based on our fat burning meal plates, you don't even want that food. It takes a couple of weeks, but your body naturally, all of those cravings just go away. And when you allow yourself to eat chocolate and you say, I get two squares of chocolate after dinner, or this is what I feel like. I get a small packet of chips after dinner if I want it. Majority of the time, you don't want it because your body's so satisfied from this delicious pizza or burger or pasta meal that you've made in a correct portion that you're feeling so full and satisfied that you don't want or need anything else after dinner. And that's what true success is. Oh, 100%. And it's so powerful when you take the reins on the decision as to when you eat something, mm -hmm. not I feel out of control with my food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's our number, what are we, number three tip. <laughs> you eat when you're not physically hungry. So if you're somebody that's sitting at home that doesn't really experience the sensations of hunger, but you eat, you wake up and you eat breakfast just because it's what everyone else in the household does and it's what you've always done, or you have a lunch break at you know, 1230 because everybody in the office has that. Take back that control and take back that power, guys, and wait till you're physically hungry. If you don't get hungry till 1 p.m. or through 2 p.m., that's absolutely okay. We don't. We know that you don't damage your metabolism by doing a little bit of fasting. But if you're somebody who wakes up at 6 a.m. and you're hungry the minute that you wake up, please eat something. There's no right or wrong here. You need to be, you need to listen to your body and be guided by your body. But a lot of people are just so out of touch with what their body is telling them that it can take a really long time to get back into touch with that. So even if that means that you're not physically hungry, you should be eating every day. Please don't go and do a week long fast if you can't recognize your hunger signals, but at a, at a minimum, start by cutting out all of the snacking and stick to just three main meals a day and give it a couple of days or a couple of weeks and you'll feel those sensations of of hunger come back and then you can add snacks back in when you truly feel hungry and when you don't. It's like people who say, oh, I eat, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner every day plus two snacks. I'm like, why do you eat two snacks every day? Do you do the same thing every day? You know, I've met people who might go for a 10K run one day and then do absolutely nothing the next day. It's like your energy requirements change day to yeah, day. Yeah, they vary, yeah. yeah and, and so too should, should your food. <laughs> exactly. So that's something else that we want you guys to think about as well. And now our tip number four is that you see exercise as a punishment. Now, this is a huge one, Ange. And if you guys know my sort of story and what I used to do and was sort of just eat salad all day and then <laughs> go to the gym and exercise off any bad food that I've eaten. And I literally used to sit on the exercise bike for like an hour and a half and look at my watch and be like 600, 700, 800 calories. That's terrible. Please don't do that. I've done all these terrible stuff. So you guys don't have to go and do that now, <laughs> but seeing exercise as a punishment for any sort of, you know, naughty or bad food that you've eaten is not a great way to live. We should be exercising purely for the health benefits. And a lot of people see exercise as weight loss. You can do zero exercise and still lose weight as long as you control your nutrition. And Angie and I have this conversation all the time. People overemphasize exercise and underemphasize how important nutrition is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, particularly for me, because I, I have an exercise physiology background. So I started with that as my love first. And what I then tended to see as I started to go into consulting as a, as a sports dietitian was that if someone would fall off the bandwagon of their diet or their nutrition program, they would then go, oh, I'm going to go into compensatory 
behavior. I'm going to do two gym sessions. Exactly. And, three they'll, gym and they'll go and they'll calculate on like whatever food database that they're looking at, my fitness pal or calorie king and go, okay, I've consumed, you know, a packet of Tim Tam. So that's X amount of calories. So I'm just going to continue exercising until I have burnt that off. Mm. And that is probably one of the most debilitating, detrimental things you could ever do. Terrible cycle to get into. Absolutely. And, and once again, it's because, and we talked about this in the last time that we got together, Leanne, about weight and why numbers are just one dimensional yeah. and how understanding that is a lot more more in depth in terms of understanding your physiology and how your body processes food and exercises without having to rely on what your smartwatch says. Mm. You know, so these numbers, all these gadgets, we've got amazing, I love technology, don't get me wrong, but we've got so much out there in the way of tools to be measuring things. Mm. But how do we know how to interpret those numbers? And that's the biggest thing. So people say to me, oh, look, I'm, I've put my energy um, expenditure into my fitness pal and it's balanced me out. So because my calculation has said I need to eat 2000 calories a day, but I went and burned 500 calories. I can actually eat another 500 more calories today. And then they say, but I'm not losing weight. <laughs> but are you hungry or why are you relying on yeah. your watch to tell you how much you need yeah. to eat? So guys, as a little side note, your watches are incredibly what do they do? They overestimate yes. your calories burned. Yeah. So do not look at your smartwatch and think, oh, I've burnt 2,000 calories today. I get to eat more calories. Or just take it as gospel. Don't take everything as gospel. Yeah, and same with MyFitnessPal. Incredibly inaccurate. You've got error within the actual app itself. So people have just entered food inaccurately. You've got your own measurement error where you're like, oh, I ate you know six nuts, but really you had 15 or something yeah. like that. And then you've got um, the error itself within MyFitnessPal that calculates um, the amount of you know, set calories or macros that you should be consuming and it overestimates for every single person as well. So energy equations in general that sort of estimate how many calories you should or should not be consuming generally always overestimate. That coupled with your fitness watch, which tells you that you burnt more calories than you actually have, that's where the problem lies. Most yeah. people are relying on all their technology to tell them how much to eat and how much exercise to they do should be doing and that. they never lose any weight because they're overeating and overexercising. And guys, when you think about your exercise, most people get out an hour session each day. And that's if you're really like, you're really on point with your exercise. You don't even have to do that, but that's one hour out of 24 hours. How many hours do you eat for? Six, seven, eight. How many meals do you eat each day? Stop overemphasizing exercise and start emphasizing your nutrition and start listening to your body and being guided by your hunger. If you go out and you smash a massive leg day, yes, you're going to need a little bit more food than if you just did a little upper body workout or you went for a 20 minute walk around the block. Yeah, I think as well, um, when people exercise for maybe upwards of an hour or a little bit over an hour, they tend to feel like they need what we call sport-related products and sport-related foods. So mm. maybe I've seen, and I don't know if you've seen this, Leanne, but people in a gym on a bike um, doing like a, you know, maybe a 30, 45-minute session with a Sitting Gatorade. on their BCAs. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, just like a full Gatorade. Or a protein shake. I've seen yeah, girls in a yeah, pub a class sipping on a protein yeah, shake. Yeah, like, you know, that, that sort of stuff is, there's probably more calories in what you're consuming than what you're actually burning within the session. So, and remember, our bodies become efficient. So the more we train, the more your body will get used to doing something, the less calories it will burn. So you've completely forgotten about physiology and I won't get into too much science because Leanne told me not to. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry. Um, but I, and I do, you know, at the end of the day, you have no idea how you process and digest foods. So you have no idea about that and the, that sort of balance of the equation. But also, like we said, on the flip side is that the exercise stuff, if you're only exercising just to lose weight, you have a problem because you haven't understood the value of what exercise can enhance in terms of your lifestyle. And I will say that, but there is also one positive I feel is that when you do have a routine with exercise, you generally tend to want to eat better. Am I not right? Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely not bragging down exercise. We want everybody to be exercising, but exercise because it improves your metabolism, your muscle stores, your bone mineral density. You know, exercise so you don't end up with osteoporosis when you're 50. Exercise because it helps with stress management, because it helps you sleep better, because you get those natural endorphins and you feel happier. Exercise socially because you get to see your friends, whatever exercise that you do. Pick all of those reasons to exercise, guys, and not to burn calories. Because if you're not losing weight and you're killing yourself in the gym the problem is your nutrition not your exercise so stop overvaluing exercise and start putting all of that effort and and that sort of thing into your nutrition because that is the hardest part and the part that most people get wrong it's easy to go to the gym and slog it out for an hour maybe even two hours every single day that's easy guys but dialing in your nutrition and actually paying to go and see a nutrition expert like a sports dietitian that's what the majority of people struggle with they think that they can just do it all themselves Everyone needs a coach and, and with exercise, I really, well, and this is a thing and especially with exercise, cause this, this is my first love and I really, I, I don't like the fact that, and think about this right now. Do you really like what you're doing in relation to exercise? Because mm. for a lot of time, particularly when I was competing in um, figure sculpting, it became a, a job. It became something I had to do and I started to not enjoy it as much mm. and I lost my love of training for the simple reason was because I made it my job and and that really sucks and you focused on how you wanted to look as well exactly it was a body composition goal rather than a performance goal and I think more than anything in you need to find what you enjoy doing when it comes to exercise and stick with that because people think what's the best thing I can do for fat burning for exercise and I go just burn as many calories as you can (laughs) stick with something that you like doing because you're likely less calories (laughs) yes yes because you're likely to keep it up so when you have a consistency in your regularity and your routine of your exercise generally if you're focusing on that then your nutrition is the second thing that you look at but let's flip it let's do nutrition foundations adding exercise and activity on top of that and then you've got a beautiful winning combo that you actually love doing you're enjoying the process rather than just looking at the end result or outcome yeah but change your focus around exercise guys focus on how it makes you feel it gives you confidence it gives you strength like people ask me all the time i hit the gym five days a week and people are like why like are you going to compete no i'm not going to compete i have no intentions of standing on a stage in a bikini with a fake tan on some people they love it that's great all hats to you not saying i'll never do it but at the moment i just love it it's my time to train i get rid of all of my you know excess stress i sleep way better and i like feeling physically strong in myself i want to know that if there's ever a burning building i could carry a grown man out of that burning building over my bloody back if i had to do you know what I mean? Like I, I want to be it. physically fit in everyday life. If there's, you know, I'd rather carry those 20 shopping bags out of the car than bloody go back for two trips to the car. I'm telling you, you need that strength, ladies. With all the shopping that you're going to be doing, love, loving, lean, you need that <laughs> muscle strength in your arms. So change your focus around exercise, guys. It's it's one hour of your day. And I mean, some people don't even do that and that's okay. But, you know, the recommendations are to get at least 30 to 40 minutes of some sort of physical activity every single day. But do it because you want to catch up with your friends socially do it because it makes you feel good do it because it helps with your sleep do it because after work you feel so stressed and instead of going home and lying on the couch watching netflix go for a lovely walk go and play a game of netball go and do some rock climbing go and throw a 
ball in the park with your dog. You don't have to go to the gym to mm. be physically it's fit. Movement. It's just movement. It's just movement rather than formal activity. I think for me, the biggest thing is that if I've trained, it's a win for me. And everything else in the day, if crap gets thrown at me, I'm already a step ahead because I've already accomplished something. And for me, exercise is about accomplishment. So if I've done that and I've started my day like that, watch out. That's how I front the rest of my day. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that was tip number four, guys, is that you see exercise as a punishment. So our last tip for you is you self-sabotage and you start again on Monday. And you guys hear me talk about this all of the time on social media in previous podcasts, but I see it every single day. And it goes back to that first tip where we said you try to change everything at once, because what happens is that you just, life gets in the way and you get overwhelmed and you think, oh my God, I can't do this. I am a failure. I can't do this. And then life, you know, you crash and burn in a heap and you fall off the wagon and you think, oh my God, it's Tuesday. I've already eaten cake. I'm such a failure. Oh, I'm going to start again on Monday. Next Monday, I'm going to be better. I'm going to change. I promise this is the last time. Screw that guys. I don't care if you ate cake on Tuesday morning. I don't care if you ate pizza on Tuesday for lunch. And I don't give a crap if you ate an entire packet of Tim Tams for Tuesday dinner. You can still make up for it the very next meal. Most people eat, you know, five, six times a day. There's so many eating occasions in a day. If you imagine that, if you bug it up on Tuesday and wait until Monday, imagine all of those four, five, three, four, five meals on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that you're now giving up because you've just self-sabotaged yourself and you're waiting again until bloody Monday. And nothing good ever happens on Monday, guys, ever. So stop waiting for Monday. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about Monday? Um, You know, apparently I heard this stat that like most people, if they're going to have a heart attack, will happen on Monday. I think it's a stress related to going back to work. So isn't this interesting? So I think we have to maybe just go back a step and think, well, why is it that we self-sabotage? And really what it is, is it's about your belief system. So we talk about- And also about, that you try to change too many things at once absolutely. and you can't cope. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess majority of us aren't really consciously aware of the story that you keep telling yourself on replay. We call this our inner mean girl because ladies, let's be fair, we're probably the worst critic for ourselves. And if you were to think about what you said to yourself in the mirror this morning when you got up, um, what you said to yourself in your head the moment that you stepped on those scales, what was that message? What was that thought? And if I get you to think about that, really just think about what it was that you keep saying to yourself, because it's generally going to be something that's playing on repeat. And if I then said to you, turn around to your children or to your absolute best friend and go and tell them to their face exactly what you just said to yourself. Mm. And most of us would never say that. Would be mortified to say that to someone that they love. We are so hard on ourselves. So hard on ourselves. It's our inner mingo. We call it our ego. We call it our story. We call it our limiting belief. And it doesn't just have to apply to your health and fitness. Your health and fitness might be absolutely on point, but you self-sabotage yourself in any other area of your life, in your relationships, in your work. You know, you're stuck in this crappy job that you hate. And all you do is complain about your bloody crappy job that you hate. And I'm sick and tired of hearing it because all day long, I love my job. And so does Angie. We absolutely love our job. We're constantly surrounded by people who absolutely hate their jobs. Sure, their nutrition and their fitness is on point, but all they do is complain about their crappy jobs. And they're not doing anything to change their situation. But they don't realize is that every time they try to do it, they self-sabotage themselves because of that limiting belief. They think that they can't get a better job. They think that they'll never get a pay rise. They think that they can't actually do this. You know, they say all these things, but that limiting belief or that ego or that mean and mean girl that's holding them back actually doesn't believe that story because what they say out loud, I, I'm better than that person, I deserve that promotion, 
a hundred times over in their head, they tell themselves that they didn't get it because they're not good enough. And it always comes back to, what does Tony Robbins say? We have three things that we believe in. We're not good enough. Yeah, we're not worthy. We're not worthy and we'll never be loved. And they're the three fears that every single human being has. So every single time, I think I said human being, (laughs) like a bean. (laughs) I think in recipes, all I do is think and talk about food all day long, guys. But all of those three belief systems are what every person desires. We want to be loved. We want to know that we're good enough. And we're significant. And that we're significant and that we mean something to somebody. But we're just constantly holding on to these maybe negative things that people have told us or we've we've done in the past and we're letting our past define us. So our past does not equal our future unless we live there. And for the majority of people, they live in their past. All of those past failures, all of those past mistakes, that's where they're living. They're not trying to change it because every time they try to change something, it goes a little bit wrong. They throw in the towel and they give up rather than saying, I'm just going to stick at this. And every time I fail, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try another way because I've just learned a way that doesn't work. Whereas most people who fail, they just give up. They throw in the towel. Oh, that's just me. I fail. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't know enough. I'm a big girl. I'm big boned. All my family is overweight. Yeah. All of those things that you tell yourself every day, yeah. like it's like, what's your thoughts? Because it's what you focus on, you become. Oh, absolutely. And I think let's talk about the people that are successful weight loss long-term yes. because I think this is this is where they've overcome self-sabotage is they have identified a place within their lifestyle right now currently that is too painful that painful for them to remain in. So think about this, I need to change something so bad because I'm hurting so much right now or I'm avoiding hurting and I'm moving towards pleasure. So it's better for me to live this state. It's more pleasurable. What am I going to be gaining by changing my habits, becoming healthier, getting better? And they might get a little taste for it. And then that becomes a first little bit of a leverage that we sort of use. And then, and then they'll get a feedback from that. And then they'll start to sort of believe that, oh my goodness, actually I've stuck with this for maybe a month now. And and then they'll yeah, change I'm something else. See, I'm changing something mm. else. I'm Small steps. And then we get momentum. So this is where we're at. If you constantly start again on Monday, you never, ever get momentum. So you because you try to change forward. everything at once and you always fall off the wagon. Yep. So you just try to change one little thing. And then when you nail that and you succeed in that, you think, oh my God, maybe I can do it. I'm going to try something else and change a little something more. And that continued momentum is just continued change over time. And that's what we're talking about. So self-sabotage does not have to be a limiting factor. It could be an asset. It's just how you view it. Mm -hmm. So if you start to look at things and go, hey, you know what? If every time I failed, that's actually a a lesson that I can take from and find a solution for, then Mm -hmm. these don't become excuses anymore. They become challenges. And what happens with challenges is that challenges have problems that need solutions. So we start to look for solutions. So rather than starting again on Monday, we go, damn it, we failed. Okay, we've smashed that box of Tim Tam, whatever, box of chocolates. But what are we going to do? Well, you know what? You don't have to wait. You can start with the next meal. Okay, but I'm recognizing I might not be hungry for that just yet. I'm like, okay, great. So we've held off. We've waited till we're hungry and now we're going back straight onto our meal plan and the the nice fat burning meals that we've prepared. Mm -hmm. So remember, at any one point in time, use your failures as your asset and learn from that, but just keep going. Self-sabotage is something that you have always told yourself every single time. I get clients that come in all the time and say, oh, I did it again. I'm just, I'm sabotaging my own efforts. And I was like, but you told me that you wanted this. Well, maybe they weren't in a state of pain 
enough that they actually really believed it. What most people do is they associate pleasure with that short-term relief. So rather than, you know, their weight, rather than seeing as them being overweight and, you know, maybe being diagnosed with diabetes or something, being that pain point, they associate the pleasure with eating that chocolate short-term and can't see that pain long-term. So you've got to flip your pain and pleasure. So start viewing eating well as your pleasure, not eating, you know, eating a box of Tim or eating a packet of Tim Tams or ice cream as your pleasure. So it's what you associate pain and pleasure with as well for most people. Again, it comes back to what you focus on. Yeah. And then looking at, and it ties into what we said about emotions and recognizing physical versus emotional hunger. Um, And the other thing, oh, I've literally had something I was going to say. I've lost my train. I'm just looking up my quote board right now. And we'll wrap this up now, guys, in terms of self-sabotage. But I have a little quote board and I write a new one on it every couple of days. And I said, Ange, look at my new quote this week. It says, unsuccessful people make decisions based on their current situation. That is where self-sabotage comes into play. You've been unsuccessful and you're making a crappy decision in a crappy state of mind and you're always going to self-sabotage. But successful people make decisions based on where they want to be. So I don't care how badly you've stuffed up your diet. I don't give a crap if it's Monday morning, Wednesday afternoon or midnight on Friday. Get back on track the very next meal because successful people make decisions based on where they want to be. Unsuccessful people make decisions based on their current situation. If you're not happy with your current situation, change your current situation. Start making decisions based on where you want to be, not where you are right now. Absolutely. And I remembered what I was going to say because that resonated so much (laughs) with me. Um, You are not a victim. You choose to be a victim. So in self-sabotage, we have a choice. We have a choice in life every single day. So we could rise to the occasion and become a victor, or we could still stay in our victim mentality. And I think that's a really big key hard question that you need to answer for yourself is to think about, are you choosing to be that victim? Because it's a choice. And it doesn't mean victim that the worst thing in the world could have happened to you. A lot of times we just stay in that self-sabotage route because we think I'm not good enough. You're playing the the victim. You're just giving yourself an excuse or I'm a big girl. My whole family's big or um, I can't lose weight. I've got a thyroid problem. Like you're just playing the victim. You're using that as your excuse to self-sabotage rather than changing your story and making a really conscious, assertive decision based on where you want to be. So being a victim doesn't mean that you need to have been physically abused or, or, you know, dumped from your job or anything like that or ended, you know, your divorced or anything like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, a terrible thing. It can just be that your life is great, but you're not where you want to be because you keep self-sabotaging yourself because in your mind, you keep making excuses and playing that victim card. So rise and change it guys, rise up and be a victor. We had an incredible speech, um, the last conference we went to from a guy called Nick. What was his last name? Oh, we'll put the link in the podcast. Anyway, he's amazing. Yeah, he he was born without any legs and only one arm, and he got out on stage and he was absolutely incredible. And he did a bodybuilding show with able bodied people, and he I think he came second or something, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Like just looked absolutely phenomenal. And he said, "The day my life changed was the day that I went from victim to victor." So if you're not where you want to be in your life, guys, stop playing the victim and start step up and be the victor. Change your life. Change your story change your life. Yeah. And that's how all successful people. That's how they start and that's how they end. Yes. (laughs) And that's the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person. Unsuccessful people make decisions based on their current crappy situation, but successful people make decisions based on where they want to be. 
So that's our, that's what we're going to leave you with guys today. Are you where you want to be? If you're not, start making decisions based on where you want to be. Start thinking like that person that you want to be. Yeah. I mean, we've given you so many amazing tools today that you can go out. This is based on our what combined sort of 15, 20 yeah. years of knowledge in, in the weight loss in the space. Industry. Yeah. It's really the gold that we have refined over time. Um, and it's what we deliver hand on heart to our Love Living Lean program. And it's what we wanted to to share with you today to know that the foundations of how we created it was really because we were so um, horrified at what was happening within the weight loss industry that mm. we needed to make a change and we needed to make a difference. Yeah. And we thought with all that knowledge out there, like if you're sitting there thinking that knowledge is your problem, I can promise you guys it's not. It's action and it's self-sabotage and execution. That is your problem. It's that you just need that accountability. You need a tribe around you. You need a, you need a coach. You need some extra support. You need people picking you up when you've had a bad day because life isn't always full of roses. We have bad days. Angie and I are each other's support system. When we want to yell and scream, we call each other and we do it. And then we allow ourselves five minutes to do it. And then we tell each other, get out of your state change your decisions. What are you going to do? Make yourself oh. happy. Put on some music. We'll dance together. We would Pharrell Williams happy going this morning. We're this jumping around the kitchen. <laughs> this is the thing. In life, pain is inevitable. Suffering is a, is a choice. It's, it's a choice. an option. Yeah. 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 You don't have to suffer. You know, the, when, what's that quote? When, when you realize that life is happening for you, not, not to, to you, everything changes. Yeah. So see, just see the value and see the good every day in life. And if you're not where you want to be, you have that power. Nobody else. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming everybody else. Stop blaming the environment. Stop blaming your lack of time, your lack of money. Everybody has money. If your loved one fell ill and needed $20,000 for cancer, you don't have $20,000. Nobody does, but you would find it. You would find every single dollar if you needed to. So put that same amount of commitment into changing your own life. Whatever you need, go out and find it. It's not a knowledge problem. We live in a world where the internet is at our fingertips. The problem is action or execution. You keep talking yourself out of it, telling yourself that you can't do it, telling yourself that you'll start again on Monday. So that's all we got for you guys. They are our, that's all of our gold. You'll never, you'll never need to do anything else again. <laughs> We're just giving away all of our secrets, but we just wanted to take a quick couple of minutes to tell you all about our Love Living Lean program. We're launching our brand new eight week program. This is a program, not a challenge, guys. We cannot stress that enough. Our brand new eight-week Nourish program is open for signups um, right now, and we will start the program on the 19th of October. So we are super, super excited. We've only got 250 spots available worldwide, females only. Unfortunately, we don't work with males. We've created this program purely for females. We talk about hormones. We talk about periods. We talk about emotional eating. We talk about how to deal with your self-sabotaging colleagues. We talk a lot about mindset and behavior change, and we provide that support and accountability as our tribe together. So, and the reason we get asked all this all the time is why do we only take 250 ladies is because we want to truly be able to support each and every one of you. We don't want a program where there are thousands of people in there and people just get lost. We want that personalization. We want to know that when you pop up, you know, we know about your hubby. We know about your kids. We know what kind of job that you do. We're sort of in that, in contact with our ladies all the time. And we have that personalization aspect to our program. So if you're sick of dieting, if you're sick of getting caught in the rat wrong, if you're sick of your self-sabotaging thoughts, come and join our brand new LLL Nourish eight-week program. We would love to have you in our tribe. Sign up is now open. Head to www.lovelivinglean.com.au or check out the show notes and we will put a link in it for you guys there. 
I don't think I can add to anything. <laughs> I think you just nailed that. <laughs> All I want to say is that um, we have lots of fun in the process as well. So yes, yeah, we, we very much, know. we get excited every single round to meet new ladies. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can't wait to meet you all on the other side. Yeah. And if you want good food, like if you don't know by now, Angie and I spend all day talking about food. We chose to be dietitians because we bloody love food. <laughs> so if you love food too, come and join our tribe. It is absolutely life-changing and we can't wait to have you guys on board. Yeah. All right. Catch you in the next podcast. <laughs>